Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> it is good to be here with y'all. This morning's readings for the sermon are Mark 4, 1 through 20. It should be on the screen. Once again, Jesus began teaching by the lakeshore. A very large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into the boat. Then he sat in the boat while all the people remained on the shore. He taught them by telling many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across the field, some of the seeds fell on footpath, and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon withered under the hot sun, and since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants so they produced no grain. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they sprouted, grew, and produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as been planted. Then he said, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Later, when Jesus was alone with the 12 disciples and with the others who gathered around, they asked him what the parables meant. He replied, you are permitted to understand the secret of the kingdom of God, but I use parables for everything I say to outsiders so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. When they see what I do, they will learn nothing. When they hear what I say, they will not understand. Otherwise, they will turn to me and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, if you can't understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand the other parables? The farmer plants the seed by taking God's words to others. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy, but since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents others who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth and the desire for other things, so no fruit is produced. And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I'm going to put this up where I don't drop it on the floor. That's the reason we let the children handle it, hand it out earlier. I apologize I didn't introduce myself earlier. For those who don't know me, I'm Jay Spencer. I'm part of the laity of this church. Our new pastor, Amy uh, Boriak, uh, <laughs> I said it okay, correct, will be here July 2nd to deliver her first message. Now, Father's Day, for many of us like me, is a day of memories. But I do have my mother here today. I love you, Mom. And Judy Connor sitting with her, one of our members that's been around a long time. Y'all might try to reach out. And my sister and brother are here too. <laughs> uh, 
Melanie read the scripture to you, and she and I were your representatives at the Rio Conference, uh, Texas uh, Rio Conference in uh, Rio Texas Conference in Corpus Christi about a week and a half ago. And we sat with our new pastor, and uh, actually we didn't sit with her; we surrounded her. She got on one side, and I got on the other, where nobody could get her. <laughs> And we're very excited about her coming. She's going to be a real joy for us. I do want to pass on one thing out of that conference. I'm very excited about the direction the United Methodist Church is going, especially here in the Rio Conference. I think we're trying to emulate that life that Jesus gave for us to emulate. I also really believe in you guys. I believe in this church, and I'm excited about where we're going, how we're going to continue to make disciples for Christ to transform the world. Now with that, I'll, I'll get into my message. My message is going to be kind of twofold here. Actually, I'm going to go down several paths. You'll have to kind of hang with me. But, but part of it is what Jesus said in the parable. And part of it is, why did Jesus use parables? Why, and, and obviously we still read them, so they must be effective. But what was the thought behind them? To understand the parable, I want us to kind of go back in, in, in time and think about what farming was like back then. Uh, I like the NLT version that we put up because it uses the word scattered. Scattered the seed on the ground. It didn't use the word sow. If you think about what the farmer was like back then, he didn't have that four-wheel drive, $200,000 tractor pulling a 20-row planter and furrowing the land beautifully. He had a bag he put under his arm, and he walked around scattering that seed on the ground. It fell where it may. I, I, a vision in my a picture, I, in my mind, I have a vision. My grandmother, she used to feed the chickens. She had that bag, and that's, she'd walk around just throwing that on the ground. So it fell where it might. Now, some of that would fall on hard ground, a path, a road, and the birds would quickly eat it. And that represents that the message of God was, was never received, that evil took it away immediately. Now, some of it fell on rocky soil. I think certainly us in Austin can uh, relate to thin soil over rocks in our front yard, in our backyard. And it came up, but because it didn't have deep roots, the Word of God uh, it didn't last, died. Now, some of it was thrown, you know, just randomly. Th some of it was thrown in brambles. Or being from West Texas, I like to think of it as being a big old tumbleweed over there. And well, it came up, but you couldn't harvest it. And that represents these, these people where we hear the, the, the Word, but we're too distracted by the world. We're too distracted to live the world and to spread the world. We're thinking about wealth. We're worrying about issues. So that's what that represented in the parable, as Jesus says at the end. So, but the soil, the, the seed that fell on soil, the fertile soil, produced an abundant crop. 30, 60 times, 100 times is great. Well, clearly, Jesus is telling us that story and is challenging us to become that fertile soil. Cool. How do we do it? A couple of weeks ago, Richard talked to us about some of the ways that we can grow in our faith is prayer, meditation with God in the morning, evening, whenever it's appropriate, listening to the Word, reading the Word of God, and also being in communion with other Christians. So 
I want us to think about that in terms of the parable. Jesus could have just said the answer, and it, I don't think it would have stuck. It wouldn't stick on me. But instead, he made us think about it. He asked a question. He has used the parable as a question and made us go into a deeper thought, try to find that understanding on our own. Um, for us today, how do we use parables? I, I have to tell you, I got some great stories. <laughs> not many of them appropriate to tell in church. And I'm not sure I learned anything from them either. So for us, uh, what do we do? How do we emulate what Jesus is asking us to be, that deeper soil, and how do we do it without telling parables? One way, I think, is very important and is lost, is listening. Listening. Don't talk, listen. Uh, but that's not natural for us. I think for most of us, We've certainly been raised that if you've got your story, somebody comes to you and wants to know why you're going to church or what Christ means to you, you just want to blurt that story out. I'm suggesting today that we might think a little bit about listening skills. Now, listening skills is like playing golf or, or in my case, tennis. Somebody can tell you how to do it, but it doesn't take that quick. It's a transformation like we were talking about transformation in the world. It takes time. It takes practice. Uh, the biggest turn in my life about these skills came in this very church about 12 years ago. Uh, they had a call. Uh, Jean Walker, Jean's sitting here, she had a call and asked for people to volunteer for Stephen Ministry. My wife was eating, eating up with it. She went and interviewed. Came home, Jerry. You, this was, that's for you. You've got to get down. Well, honey, I, <laughs> I really don't like people. <laughs> I don't think Stephen ministry is my calling. And she did the same thing y'all did. She laughed and said, get your fanny in the car, go down there, interview and sign up. You're going to be a Stephen minister. And after 60 hours of training and reading about five books, uh, I became a Stephen minister. And over that last 12 years, I went ahead and became a, took another week-long course in Orlando. I became a Stephen leader. And, and this is a listening ministry. That's what you do is you listen. And seeing the results of this on people in crisis. I mean, today it even sends chills down my back. It works. It works. Uh, the reason I like this parable, and one of the reasons is, he talks about scattering some seeds. That's what I'm trying to do today. You know, you're not going to go out of here and say, man, I'm listening. I got it. I nailed it. I'm just scattering some seeds. For, that some of them may grow in time and become fruitful for God. And, uh, but, you know, being an engineer, I'm a retired engineer, and I think uh, my, my brother-in-law's here, we're always engineers, right? We never really stop being an engineer. It's just our nature. And so the how of it started intriguing me. Why does this listening stuff work so well? So I started reading books and uh, trying to find the information there. Nearly all the books pointed to one source. A guy named David Kinnaman wrote a book called Thinking Fast and Slow about how our mind works. And after years of research, he wrote this book, and he didn't get like the Book of the Week or the Pulitzer Prize or the New York Times. He got the Nobel Prize for this. This was big stuff. It was groundbreaking. 
and it represented about 30 years of research that he had done. And he said our minds, to think about our minds as being of two machines. One side is it's fast thinking, it's going, and, and it, well, it's not thinking really, it's just going, it's instinct. It's how we have conversations. People ask you something, you respond, great day, pretty hot, well, you know, you know thought involved. And this other side, this other machine is this slow, moving, deep thinking brain. Now, the instinct side is in control. And it's where we operate nearly all of our lives uh, until it fails. And by fail, I mean till it runs up on something it can't answer. Instinct history doesn't answer. We have to go into deep thought. In the deep thought, your perspiration rate goes up, your heart rate goes up, and they found in research that they could give problems to people and monitor their heart rate and perspiration and tell what kind of problem they got without fail. So we don't want to go into that deep thinking, but the kicker is that's where we change. Deep thought is where our faith grows. Deep thought is where we become that fertile soil that God has commanded us to be in this parable. So deep thought it seems to be the answer. Now let's go down a little bit different path. I'll try to kind of bring this all together. When we say in Stephen ministry by listening, we're allowing God to be a conduit through us and enter the Stephen ministry, right? I mean, and enter the care receiver, and God is the caregiver, not us. God's the caregiver. I think the same thing can happen when we listen. We're allowing that Holy Spirit in a person to get activated. We're giving it a, that person a chance to call upon that that part of the Trinity, that spark of divinity that's in each one of us. Now, it's always been there. It'll always be there. I think uh, one of the theologians said it, that we can, can try to resist it, we can try to deny it, but it, guess what? It ain't leaving. Uh, in the Methodist Church, we call it prevenient grace. It's always been there. It'll always be there. And our faith journeys, though, t- at times, it, gets to, it seems really distant. It seems really small seems really quiet. But when we listen on faith issues to someone that's struggling, when we listen, we are giving them the chance for God to enter that Holy Spirit and make a real change in their life. Now, till this point here, I've been talking about how we communicate with people outside those doors out there. But the same holds how we can communicate with each other. One of the things Richard said and has is find somebody you can be close to that you can share in a safe space, in a confidential way, in a non-judgmental way, your faith issues. That that's where you're going to grow. If you don't have that person, you need to find one. That person might be sitting here today. Your prayer partner, your future prayer partner could be right here today. If you're not a member of our church, might be another reason to think about joining us, becoming part of our family. But they could be here. Well, that takes time. That takes a lot of differentiation. Uh, that's not a quick fix, and we're kind of quick fix people. We do have some programs here. One in particular in this church is a grow group. Uh, Jenny is here. Uh, these groups meet weekly. They talk about where they've seen God in their lives, talk about where the struggles they've had. They listen to each other. They validate. 
I would suggest if you're not a member of one of those and that's where you are in your life, you might consider joining one. Find Jenny after the service and she'll get you hooked up. We also, from time to time, we're going to have Sunday school classes. Uh, it was a poor choice of words, wasn't it? <laughs> but we're going to have Sunday school classes and those, again, are groups that you can, can join. Many of you are in fourth day groups, uh, walk to Emmaus groups, and it's the same concept of accountability, of holding each other and talking about these issues. So we have a ways here in this church for you to do this. Also, if you want to go down the path I did, Stephen Ministry, uh, Gene Walker's here. A lot of us have our tags that have our Stephen Ministry on. You might talk to her. One person back here, I've got scheduled in for the next class. Uh, and we get enough people, we'll hold another class and train some more ministers. Now, I want to close with that uh, with two verses and one thought. First verse I want to read to you is James chapter 1, verse 19. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Second verse is in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 2. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. The thought I'll close on is, I want you to think about your fathers, your brothers, your sisters, your spouse, and if any of them ever come up to you and say, gosh, Jay, I really wish you talked at me more and listened less. I don't think that's happened. <laughs> With that, I'll turn it over to Richard. Or 